what they know about them Texas boys. You're listening to the most dangerous show in Texas, Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn. Wherever you are, however you may be listening, it is now Fight Night. Welcome to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. I'm your host, Eddie Cross. You can find me on Twitter at Eddie Experience, one E in the middle. And joining me as always, he's a new starting quarterback for the Indianapolis Colts, Mr. Jordan Wahlberger. Jordan, did I just confuse you with Sam Ellinger? You might have confused me with Sam Ellinger, but that, I think that's, you both that's got not great a, hair. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. You both got great hair, and you're both going to get sacked a lot because the Colts suck. Well, I mean, Sorry, first Sam. off, but you've got to feel good, right? You've got to be excited oh, yeah. that a Texas boy is going to start in the NFL. It's I mean, a, that is great. I just wish it who's was the for last a one? team. Colt. Wow. Who's still playing. Still, still a backup. Still doing well. Yeah. I mean, you can count Garrett Gilbert. He started a few games, but he finished up at SMU. Probably not on purpose, though. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't on purpose. Yeah. Uh, well, Eddie, it is great to see you. It's great to, to be here to talk fights tonight. Uh, I'm excited, man. I'm excited to talk fights with you. You can follow us at Fight Night ATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook. You can follow me at Nonstop MMA. Eddie, we have so much to talk about. We talked about it. We said it's going to be one of the best fight nights of 2022. It was deep. It was loaded. It was a fun afternoon of fights all in all. Yeah, deep, loaded. I don't think it was the best. No. But it uh, never is. It was loaded. It was loaded. It never is. Let's be honest. You, j- you jinxed it last week. Yes, of course. Eddie, it's, but it's I, all your fault. Before we talk about that, the collection's complete. I've told you for a while, Eddie, that I'm trying to get a collection of BYU quarterbacks. And okay. I've been waiting. I've been trying to find the right one. And the last one has been gathered. It has been purchased. You'll be happy to know. In my hand, I have a Chicago Bears helmet. Oh, you son of a... Signed by Jim McMahon. I see it. Jim McMahon. And he is going to take his spot in the middle of my BYU quarterback... uh, I don't know. Shrine? I don't know what you want to call it. I don't want to call it a shrine. But you've got Zach Wilson in a Jets helmet. You've got Ty Detmer, thanks to you, Ty Detmer on a BYU helmet. We've got now Jim McMahon on a Orange Flash Bears helmet. We've got Steve Young... On a Niners helmet, and we have the Texas Longhorn killer Taysom Hill on a Saints helmet. So I will take that rightful place, Eddie. Uh, it's exciting. So wait, you're just missing one then? No, there's no one else. I'm did, done. Did you say Zach Wilson? Zach Wilson. Of course I said Zach Wilson. Okay. I'm not going to miss Zach Wilson. Uh, no. Uh, and how about Zach Wilson? The Jets, what are they, 5-2 and two now? How'd that happen? J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 let's go. I guess it's not all that cougar power. Yeah. He is powered by cougars. Yes. I'll tell you, I was, yeah. uh, I was Zach Wilson for Halloween. On, uh, this, I went to a party. Yep. That's what I was doing. What? Yeah. I was throwing bombs. Huh? I meant. I meant I was throwing oh, bombs. Uh, yes. Yes. Exciting times. Uh, Eddie, I will tell by you one way, other thing. The, the team of mine named after that, 0-6. Oh, well, I mean, that's more of a you thing, I think, than a, uh, than a Zach Wilson is. Uh, Eddie, I will tell you, though, uh, I'm kind of a new Texan. Not a new Texan, but like an official Texan. Uh, today, my wife went to a, a place like a uh, antique shop or a place to like buy something of the arts, and she co- texted me a picture, and uh, we are now 
the proud owners of a pair of seven feet long longhorn horns. If you don't put those on your truck, I'm going to disown you. Yeah, they're not going on the truck. They are actually. Come on, man. They're going to go. They're going outside on the patio above the TV. I'll, I'll take a picture and I'll show it to you when uh, you see my patio right above the TV. There's like a, a wooden frame inside uh-huh. that room. That's where they're going to go. So they're going to go outside. Nice. Yeah, you, you keep those polished, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Don't, don't let those get dirty. I'm excited. Yeah, you should be. How are you doing? Yeah, Tell me about you. Official. Uh, I went to see Black Adam on Friday. Nice. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, it's the number one movie in the world. Well, I do love Apparently. The Rock. Yeah. Um, Did you see that picture I posted of The Rock, by the way, over the weekend? Uh, no. Well, I think uh, Chad Hastings was talking about Stu Myrick and all the people that Stu has in his Rolodex of pictures with. Oh, yeah. And so oh, yeah. I upped him with a picture of me and The Rock, obviously from... 1999 with my hair and mm-hmm. everything and then Steve, Stu one up me with a picture with the rock's mom <laughs> how do i miss all this i don't know i don't, I don't know what you're doing uh, i don't hang out on social media that much well that's that's not true I'm, I'm in the real world watching movies starring the rock okay so you're you're watching the you're way, watching fantasy in the theater as opposed to just yes. on social media yes exactly okay and by the way that little kid in the movie Cannot act his way out of a wet paper sack. Well, I haven't seen it yet, so don't spoil it for people, okay? I'm just telling you, the kid can't act. The rest of the movie's fun. The writing could have been a little bit better, but the movie's fun. All right. Uh, Eddie, congratulations. I don't like uh, you. I don't like the Astros, but they're going to the World Series. Uh, Let's go Philadelphia. Let's go Phillies. You know what? My best friend Scott is a Phillies fan. Good, Scott, welcome. I'm excited. Good luck, Phillies. I hope you guys win. You know, I offered him the option of a slap bet like we had when he... Astros beat the Dodgers, and I beat the crap out of you. Yeah. He did not go for that. Okay. So what's yeah, your he bet? He said the Phillies won the World Series like once a decade, so he's just uh, happy being there. He did, we didn't make one. Okay. Well. I'll just buy him some beer for his birthday. There you go. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Austin FC also going to the conference finals in just their second year. That's great. How about that? That's, that's super exciting. So, uh, Eddie, are, are we ready? Are we ready to uh, talk – UFC 280, Abu you're Dhabi. You're not going to tell us about Fright Fest? Oh, I did go to Fright Fest. Yeah, so when you were out uh, probably watching Black... No, I'm, when the, uh, I, on Saturday afternoon after the fights, I was at Fright Fest. I took my son. Drake is 13 years old. We went. We watched Fright Fest, or we went to Fright Fest. We went in all the haunted houses. Uh, he was nervous. It, it was a little scary. I, I remember I went, I went one time with my dad. I think I was about Drake's age. I went to a place called Knott's Scary Farm in California. It's like Knott's Berry Farm, but for Halloween, it's called Knott's heard of that. Scary Farm. So it's exciting times. And, and my dad said I'll, he'll never go back. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> and I took Drake, and it was fun. We got season passes, so maybe we'll go again next year. So Okay, cool. I had my own version of Fright Fest watching the Horns get called for 14 penalties while they didn't call any on Oklahoma State. Yeah. That was my own version of Fright Fest. I can imagine that would be rough. So Watching uh, Quinn Ewers overthrow people like, a dozen times. Well, it was a, uh, it was frightful. All right. Well, Eddie, but let's get to it. Abu Dhabi. The Islam Makachev era has begun. Eddie, you and I both picked that Islam Makachev would be the champion in the lightweight division at the end of 2022. We're so smart. We were correct. And Eddie, I don't know if you saw this. I won the year. I can't not Already? win the year. Yeah, unfortunately, uh, it's light heavyweight, isn't it? I can. They, they screwed me with the light heavyweights. 
Uh, probably the middleweights. Middle I, I would actually think that you would complain about the middleweights more because I forced you to make a pick when you said Robert Whitaker versus uh, Paulo Costa or whoever he fought, and you said I'm going to take I'll take whoever's going to win this fight, and I and I forced oh, you to the, make a the pick winner right of, then. Uh, the winner of Whitaker and Adesanya. Yes. No. Yes. That was and, yeah. you, and you picked Whitaker. So, uh, Eddie. But I, I thought he was going to wrestle. Yeah, I thought you were. I, th- I thought he was too. So you, th- so you can't win. I can extend my lead. Damn you, Bobby! Knuckles. But I can't lose. So that's good. Yeah, that's the first. Yeah, uh, Eddie. So Islam Makachev, he defeats. I mean, really, just dominated. He dominated Charles Oliveira the entire two rounds. So that the fight ended. Uh, arm triangle in the. He drops him and then gets a uh, an arm triangle with three minutes and sixteen seconds into the second round. In, in a match that he just looked good all around. It was dominant. And and you and I were talking last week that, you know, you were leaning. You you texted me before. Like, I'm starting to lean towards Charles. Uh, and, and it was just kind of figuring out like, how would he do it. And, and I don't know what happened. So I said right? I, I wanted Charles to win. Okay. Um, I, like, I didn't care about the Bantamweight, but I really wanted Charles to win. Yeah. But I didn't pick him because I have better sense than that. But I was picturing, like, maybe fourth round, ground and pound, something like that. <laughs> I did not, in my wildest dreams, think second round knockdown would lead to a submission on Charles Oliveira. Yeah, no, it was it was it was impressive, right? And afterwards, they get in the uh, the cage. He gives the belt to Habib. They interview Habib, and what do they do? They call out the pound for pound number one fighter in the world, the guy that was there. He was the backup fighter, Alexander Volkanovsky, the one forty five champion. And they say, "I want to go be the best. I want to go to Australia." I want to fight you for the pound for pound crown on the line. And that's what looks like it's going to happen next, that they're going to go Islam versus Alexander Volkanovsky. Uh, I would think, I know the odds have Islam as a big favorite. I would have to think like Volk's awesome. And I know Volk did weigh, you know, over 200 pounds at one point, And so he could bulk up and look good, but I've, I've got to go with Islam Makachev at this time in that matchup. Yeah, I mean, Volk's got good wrestling defense. He's got good takedown defense. And he, he's definitely going to be better on the feet. But it's one of those styles make fights matchups. And he's not going to be able to let his fists go, you know, being wary of Islam and his takedowns. Like, I was wondering how Islam would do against someone who wasn't afraid of being on the ground with him, like Charles. And it turns out, I think Charles figured out in the first round he didn't want to be on the ground with him. Well, I think the thing that happened was, and I heard Javier Mendez actually talk about this before the fight, that that he was that Islam was going to be stronger than Charles, and so he was going to be able to dictate where the fight goes. If he wanted to go to the ground, he could put him on the ground, and we saw that. We saw that he was physically stronger than Charles Oliveira. If he wanted to stand back up, he could do that. He could fight the fight where he wanted to do that. And I've got to think that Islam Makachev is still going to have that power over Alexander Volkanovsky in that fight. So you think that he's going to be able to dictate where the fight goes. And, you know, I think he's got, he's longer, obviously, you know, Volkanovsky is shorter. He's got shorter arms. And so uh, I, I don't see it going very well. And, and ju- but just the same, like, I don't know if I would favor, like you put Islam Makachev against someone like a Kamara Usman or a Hamzat Shemaev. I, I know there were some issues there, but like you put him against him. I don't know if I favor Islam in those matchups, right? Like moving up. I think it's just when you, when you move weight class, Shafkat Rachmanov. I heard, I heard Luke Thomas talk about that today. That would be, that would be a bad matchup for him. Yeah. Their weight classes for a reason. Yeah. You know? So, and Volkanovski's great, but he would not be able to let his hands go like he thinks he could with the threat of a takedown. And like the first takedown, he might not be able to get back up. Yeah, well, we're, we don't have to make a you know? an, we don't have to make a pick today. We've got time. 
Uh, so we can revisit yeah. that before. Uh, that might happen in you, the spring You look sometime. at Charles Oliveira, with February, I think that's when they're going to Australia. Oh, February. And okay. so you look at Charles Oliveira, he was asking, right, hey, he wants to get right back in there. And we'll talk about some matchups uh, probably in a little bit. You know, Benil Dariush, he got a win. Uh, Dariush and, and Charles would be a great fight. The, my, I, don't, I don't like it, though. I don't like that fight at all, uh, only because... Benil Dariush, very deservingly, you know, he has won a ton of fights in a row. He is, uh, you know, he was supposed to fight Islam. He's going to get screwed out of not fighting Volkanovski. I think actually he should fight the winner of Chandler Ga- uh, Chandler uh, Poirier. I think that would be a good matchup for Dariush. And I, because I think if Oliveira were to beat Dariush, then all of a sudden he's right back in the mix and right back in to the main event. And I think he needs. To, I mean, I don't need to see that fight between the two of them right away. I think Charles needs to win a couple. I actually like Faziv, Rafael Faziv versus Ooh. Charles Oliveira because Faziv is ranked, you know, he is ranked seventh. And, okay. you know, I just think that's the matchup that I'd like to see there. I think either one of those would be great. And Charles, he already promised us that he'll be back to get his title. So I don't think he's going to turn down a fight with any of those guys. Yeah. Because I- he knows it's going to take him. With the, the way he was dominated, he knows it's probably going to take him a couple of fights to get back. Yeah. I, I need to see two fights. Uh, I don't know if he gets back to the title. I, I, I mean, based on what we saw today and, and, and how that went, I, I don't know. I don't know if I see him getting back well, to the, the title. Is, he's beat Poirier. He's beat Gaethje. Um, beat Chandler. But every single one of those guys I, right there you just mentioned, that's the uh-huh. old guard of lightweights. Right. And there's a, those new guard, people there's a new guard coming up. Fazeev. Right, those are the people that are above... Uh, Faziv and Dariush. Yeah. Sarukian, Faziv. I mean, there's there's the new blood. We've talked about this new blood that's at lightweight, and I'm excited the blood, that but they're going you to you got to get the old blood to fight them. And right now, the old blood's just fighting themselves. Yeah, that's true. Uh, all right. Let's Not jump. Like in the Bantamweights. What about, what about, well, before that, how about Coach Khabib out there? He, lo- he was oh looking good, yeah. Uh, he's about to have, uh, you know, I hate to, you know, already crap on uh, Pitbull the second. But he's about to have the lightweight champion in the two biggest mixed martial arts promotions in the world. And he was about to be coach of the year. That's true. And he was the champ before that, too. So, yeah. As impressive. Yeah. Umar. Or not Umar. Usman. uh, Usman Namagamedov fighting uh, Patriki Pitbull for the Bellator lightweight championship pretty soon. All right. Let's talk Uh, Bantamweights and we we can really dive into this. So, Aljamain Sterling just, I mean, again, dominates. 10-8, 10-8, obviously, in, in the first round. Uh, finishes him in the second round, three minutes and 44 seconds. Uh, TKOs, the ref calls it off. He's had enough. Um, but you look at what happened, right? T.J. Dillashaw, he, first you know, first, um, first time they, they touched, right? He pops his shoulder out. Uh, Aljamain and his team, they could realize that his shoulder was bad. The, the corner picked up on it. You hate to see that for, for T.J. to come back. He said after the fight that his, his, uh, his shoulder popped out almost 20 times during training camp, which is never something you want to hear, uh, which means that he probably should not have fought this fight in any no, sort of shouldn't. a way. He shouldn't have he been in there. He said it was completely blown out in April. That's when he should have dropped out of this fight way back then. He apologized for holding up the division, uh, which he definitely did. Uh, I don't know. I mean, he hasn't fought in a while. He probably needed to get paid, and so he, that's the reason he took the fight. And, and But to think that you could go in there and and beat Aljamain Sterling to beat the champion when you know you have a bad shoulder. Now, look, Aljamain, he, I've heard him say like, "Hey, I was the one that uh, you give me credit, right? Because I was the one that that uh, that injured his shoulder." He wasn't right. Yeah. He wasn't not yeah, not in this right. case. But I'm not going to take anything away from Aljamain Sterling. Although a lot of people already are doing that. Oh, of course they are. 
No, he's not one of those people, one of those fighters that everyone loves in the first place. And then you give a, a bum performance like Dillashaw had. You know, Aljamain turns out to be the big loser of this because he doesn't get the credit he deserves. So he pretty much hasn't gained anything from this fight except for a paycheck. Dillashaw knew he wasn't going to win, but went there for the paycheck. So, you know, he got his money and what he needed. Sterling didn't move up in anyone's mind. And that sucks for him to go through all that, have a good performance, have that training camp, have the weight cut, and then it doesn't really mean anything. I don't know if you heard this, Eddie, but did you hear actually, though, that Dwayne Ludwig uh, actually put a bet on this fight and made like like $10 million betting on Aljamain Sterling? Really? No, you can't. They're not. This, that's the exact reason why you're not allowed to bet on fights. Because what if they did? What if yeah, they did I go on there? I thought you were saying he, did the, he put that in before the UFC put in this new rule no. that I was about but, to mention. But, but imagine, like, that's why you can't bet on fights, right? Because, yeah. you know, no one knew. Ticha wasn't around anywhere. He didn't see him at all. He didn't, you know, he didn't participate in, in the workouts. Uh, he wasn't, you know, I kept calling him. Why is he not on Embedded? A lot going on there. And so it's weird, right? Like, that's, that's the reason why. Um, but if you're one of his teammates out in Colorado... You knew about this, and that would be a way to make some easy money. Yeah, that's why you. you don't and do that. I can I can probably bet you, since we can do that, we can bet that uh, someone did that beforehand, but it was too late. UFC couldn't make them take their bet back. Well, even but if they're smart, they won't advertise it. Yeah, they won't ever say a word. But about how many that. times are fighters smart? Yeah, uh, it's unfortunate, right? I mean, he should not have fought like that. Yeah, I mean, if you look back at Pacquiao Mayweather, Manny Pacquiao got sued for going into that fight with an undisclosed injury because the gamblers were so pissed off at him because they didn't know that they were betting on basically an injured horse. Yeah. I mean, people can people consider this fraud. This could be considered fraud going into this fight without uh, disclosing such a bad injury. Yeah, that's not great. Um, I, I, before we go on and like talk about what's next for each fighter, uh, obviously, T.J. Dillashaw, you would think he's going to get surgery, right? So he could be out for a while. He's 37 years well, old. He probably he left his get gloves back. in the cage. Well, he took his gloves off in the cage, but I don't know. I don't see. They didn't focus on where, if he left them there or not. But he walked out without his gloves on. Interesting. So I was like, I couldn't hear at, at Twin Peaks. So I was like, did he retire? What happened? I go to Twitter, can't find anything. So apparently he hasn't retired yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't think that was what it was. Uh, but I do want to go. Let's go to Sean O'Malley, right? Let's see what he defeats Piotr Jan by split decision. It's a really close fight. It's not a robbery by any means because it was so close. No. Uh, I if gave O'Malley. Me, they got it right. Yeah, well, I gave O'Malley the third. Uh, I had Jan winning the first two rounds. But I see it. I get it. And so I'm, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not crying robbery here. So Yeah. Um, when I initially watched it, I gave the first round to Jan. But uh, upon rewatch, when I wasn't, didn't have my attention divided by college football, I gave the round to O'Malley. I mean, Jan did get some uh, decent takedowns, but takedowns aren't scores if you don't really do any damage down there. And he didn't really do much. O'Malley was able to get up and keep scoring. And he actually outscored him, like, what, I think by 20 significant strikes for the fight. So I think O'Malley's actual stand-up scored more than the control time that O'Malley had, uh, that uh, Jan had. And basically, control isn't fighting. So that's so, and us, a lot of people, especially old wrestlers like DC, won't appreciate that. But that's the rule. You know, you, your control time is like cage uh, aggression, you know. Um, if there's nothing else, everything else is even, then you go to that. 
Yeah, I mean, it, it is a tiered it system, right? It's, it's, it's not the yeah. same. But what O'Malley did is that he proved he deserves to be at the top of the division. And we oh, know yeah. that prior to this fight that Dana White said that the winner of this fight would get the title shot. Now, you look at what's out there. Uh, we've got Cheeto Vera. He's got that win over Dominic Cruz. He also has a win over Sean O'Malley. You have Marab Dvalishvili. He's uh, he's Aljamain's teammate. He's probably not going to be off. willing to fight him. Uh, we've got Corey Sanhagen. He's off after that win over Song Yudong. He only got one win in a row because before that he lost to uh, Piotr Jan. Uh, you got Henry Cejudo, who, well, I mean, he's ranked in the picture, right? He's ranked fourth. Yeah. Uh, you got Henry Cejudo, who uh, isn't around at all, but you know he's been in the in the, uh, in the the USADA testing pool. He wants to come back, and, uh, and he's out there. But you've got to think, if I was the UFC, I don't care what I just saw, that I saw Aljamain be able to ragdoll someone like TJ Dillashaw, that we saw that Jan was able to take down uh, Sean O'Malley, that that matchup is probably not great for Sean O'Malley. You put him in there. You put him in the fight. You give him the title shot. You capitalize on whatever you can because I think if you put Sean O'Malley in too many other fights, you could be exposing yourself and, and hurting that, uh, that cash cow that you possibly could have. Yeah, just like with the middleweight division, you've got the guy that you wanted to see him against the champion. You got O'Malley there. You strike while the iron's hot. He's got the uh, he's got the crowd behind him. He's got lots of fans. He's got a name. Uh, you you got to do it. Yeah, not I, doing it would be stupid. I agree. Maybe you go Mara versus Cheeto. Uh, maybe Sanhagen versus Cejudo. Uh, I can't really imagine the UFC would give Cejudo the way he retired, the way he did back in the day. Uh, they're not mm-hmm. going to give him a title shot right away. So he's probably got to win one. Uh, I'd like to see him so, face Jan maybe when he comes back. Yeah, that would be fun as well. Uh, yeah. All right, so Bilal Muhammad, this was one This one really surprised me. Uh, I don't think I give Bilal Muhammad enough credit ever. No, uh, I bet you remember his name now. I will remember his name. I thought that Sean Brady was going to win this fight. Uh, Bilal Muhammad stops him in the second round. Uh, you got to think, like, what is next for Bilal Muhammad? Uh, you know, he is ranked fifth going into this fight. Above him, you got Gilbert Burns, Hamzat Shemaev, Colby Covington, Kamaru, and then Leon Edwards, right, who's the champion who was beating Bilal, and then he poked him in the eye really bad, and, and that stopped that fight. So you wonder, like, what do they do next with, uh, with Bilal? Well, I think a lot term is uh, dependent on uh, when Colby Covington decides to come out of hiding. Because at first you thought, oh, he was going to get Hamzat. Yeah. They were going to do that on ABC. Haven't heard anything about that lately. Didn't happen. Yeah. Um, so maybe Gilbert Burns. My face, Covington? Don't know. Um, it's one of those three, Covington, Shamaya, or Burns. It just depends on the timing, I guess. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, I don't think he gets a title shot off of this. No, no, no. Uh, Sean Brady, I think, um, I think he'll recoup. He'll be back. But uh, it's all probably a good learning experience. Uh, if he gets his next win. Yeah. Uh, all right. He's got the winner of the fight in England. We mentioned Benel Dariush. He defeats Matus Gamrat. Uh, Magnon Firo, she defeated Caitlin Chikagian. That's a, that's a big win. And Chikagian, who's just been a staple at like the number one spot in the division of someone who just can't, you know, who's not as good as Valentina, but is just better than the other girls. This is a, this is a big win, and this is going to change things up in there. Yeah, another big shakeup at the top of these divisions. Um, and ironically, Firo said she wanted another fight before facing Shevchenko, and she said she wanted to fight Alexa Grasso, which is perfect because Grasso wants a more fight before possibly facing Shevchenko. So that's an easy matchup. How about that Nikita Krylov and uh, and Volkan Ozdemir? Man, that fight they they shot it like it was like shot of a cannon. That was a good first round. Man, I did not expect Ozdemir to lose that fight. Am, am I wrong? In, was I wrong in thinking that? I didn't look at the line. I didn't see the line either as well. But yeah. I, I would have guessed guess that you know no time has no time. Ran out of time. Yes, exactly. 
We're lame with the dad jokes. I know. We are. We are. Uh, and last thing I want to say is Mohammed Mukayev. So he defeated Malcolm Gordon. Uh, you know, he had talked a big game. He wants to be one of the youngest fighters. He's still really young, right? So, uh, but he did say that he wasn't 100%. He was sick going into it uh, because, you know, he was guaranteeing like an early victory, and which is always tough when you do that and uh, you don't produce that. But he did get a finish in the third round. And so I, I would like to see, you know, what he can do at 100%. I think there's some, the UFC is still high on him. Yeah, and that's why we try not to – normally we wouldn't gripe at someone like TJ for taking a fight when he's injured because almost all these fighters go into their fights um, way less than 100%. Mm-hmm. But Dillashaw's injury, it popped out, of, out 20 times in camp. You blew it out in the spring completely. Yeah. That's, uh, that's just wrong. That's crazy. Uh, Hamza Shemaev, though, he was at the event. We mentioned him earlier. He got an altercation with uh, Abu Bakar Nurmagomedov. Uh, we know like Hamza and like Khabib's team – They've got issues, uh, but it looks like so they were scuffling. They're going back and forth, but we did see some pictures uh, they took together on Sunday night. Even with Khabib in there, they were sitting at, at dinner across from each other, and then a picture together. And they were with uh, some of the guys of the uh, the Russian dictator Ramzan Kadyrov. So yeah. not great, not great to see that. Yeah. On the other hand, there was lots of Hezbollah. Yeah, we did see a lot um, of Hezbollah out there over the week. So yeah, he beat up. Uh, you see him beat up Volkan Ozdemir to take his title. I saw him beat up a uh, a bottle. So he, he beat up Volkanovski or, or Volkanovski. Yeah. He, he, yeah. Uh, Volkanovski. Yeah. Sorry. He beat up Volkanovski in the back. I was going to say that would have been title. insult to injury. If, if, oh, it really would have been. Volkanovski gets, loses to Nikita Krylov, and then Hasbula comes in and finishes him off. That would be rough. So, dude, that belt is almost as big as he is. Yeah. Hey, how about John Lineker? Let's go over to one on Prime Three. Man, what, oh, what man. a bad weekend for him. Yeah. Friday night on Amazon. John Lineker, well, Thursday. John Lineker misses weight by, uh, well, he, he weighs in first at 145 and a half. For some reason, um, Bantamweight at one is 145 instead of 135, which is flyweight, which makes no sense. So he weighed in at 145 and a half, comes back an hour later, weighs in at 145 and three quarters. He gained a quarter pound. I'm like, dude, you're doing it wrong. So that, that cost him 20% of his purse. And then... He got the most vicious knee to the coin purse that we've seen in a while. Did you see that it broke his cup? Yeah, I heard that he couldn't finish because of that broken cup. How how do you break a cup, man? Those things are padded on the inside to get well the part that gets uh, sets against your leg. So that's that's oh that's some ridiculous force. Yeah. And I feel for him. And if you've seen it on uh Twitter you will too. Yeah, very rough. All right, guys, that is UFC 280 and one on Prime 3. Guys, you're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com. We will be right back. It's What's Up With That. Woke up this morning and I got out of bed. Had a big old cup of coffee to clear my head. Been home for a while and that's where I'm at. But we can still jam on What's Up With That. What's up with that? 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 Welcome back to Fight Night on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, 101.9 AM 1260. You know, they should put us on Coke FM, too. 
Sure. Just, uh, Let's do it. Add a little bit to our empire. Um, As the longest running show on the horn, I, I agree with that. that. That's right. You better believe it. Um, there's no SNL this week, so we can get straight into it. But, Jordan, real quick, I had to get a, license, a new uh, driver's license. I took my picture today. Yeah. I look like I just robbed a Circle K. Well, you, it is the mugshottiest of mugshot pictures. So we're going to put that up on the Instagram. Uh, whenever it comes in. All right, can't wait. But man, the camera was all wonky. And I was like, oh, do I look over here? Do I turn? And then click. But, uh, so you're saying crap. the camera does not love you? It does not. It does not. I'm not going to be putting that one on my Tinder. All right. Uh, Jordan, Bellator and Ryzen have announced a co-promoted event for New Year's Eve. What's up with that? Yeah, so specific matchups have not been announced, but they put it on their social medias this week. Uh, they had released that they said that they're going to have a fight. It's going to be on, I think it's New Year's Eve, in the Ryzen cage, so not happening in a ring. And it's going to take place at the Saitama Super Arena outside of Tokyo. Uh, it's going to air on US on Showtime. So that's kind of cool. Uh, we don't know what the matchups are going to be, but we do know that we're going to have Patricio Freire. We're going to have AJ McKee, Juan Archuleta, Kyoji Horiguchi, and a fifth fighter to be named later. There's going to be a press conference this week. Uh, I love this, man. This is great. I'd love to see the UFC, or excuse me, Bellator and Ryzen working together. I would like That's to see great. actually more of this. Yeah, I'm like, can we get a heavyweight in there? What's Ryan Bader doing? Get some big guys. Yeah. Oh, we got our lightweights and bantamweights. I'm like, come featherweights, come I mean, on. what's Bob Sapp but, doing? Right. But a quick, quick correction, it's going to be in the Ryzen ring, okay. not the cage. Oh, I, yeah. sorry. So a little different. But now for something completely different. Dana White has announced the Power Slap League. What's up with that? Yeah, so it's funny. We kind of teased this last week when we were talking about Hasbulla. I had mentioned that maybe that there was a rumor of Dana starting a slap league and that maybe Hasbulla would be a good fit for that. Well, like no less than like 24 hours after our show dropped, uh, Dana White announced the Power Slap League. And then on, uh, on the broadcast on UFC 280, they had a promotion for it with guys just getting mercilessly slapped. Uh, Eddie, you and I have been there. You have, I guess I, you didn't slap me in the face. You slapped me in the chest. And I, I didn't love that. Uh, but these guys well, are going to be... I was trying to be nice to your wife. This is all going to be happening out of the UFC Apex. There's going to be a press conference, the, I think, the day before, a few days before UFC 281 in, uh, in New York. And then I think the first day is going to be uh, prior... The first event is going to take place prior to UFC 282. And, uh, and so that'll be interesting. Uh, it looks like the owners... Are you know Hunter Campbell, Dana White, but also you got Frank and Lorenzo Fertitta. They're going to be a part of this. Oh, they're back. Uh, yep, and Endeavors is a little bit uh, on this as well. So a lot going on there. They are, you know, uh, Eddie. Would you like to go see uh, Power Slap League? I definitely would not pay for that. If I was an invited guest or had a credential, maybe. But this is like what you do would, at a carnival. Like this seems like a traveling yeah, circus is, type sideshow. This is some side, yeah, some sideshow crap. You know, I'd rather see them get involved in like tough man fighting, because at least that's a little more, um, you know, a little more sporting. I'm surprised Endeavor's getting involved in this. They still haven't paid off their loan for buying the UFC. I'm like, hey fellas, finish one thing first. We're tired of you jacking with the sport. But that's just me. That is just you. Okay. Speaking of people who are jacking with the sport, uh, we mentioned that Conor McGregor has not been tested for a year. But Dana said that he would have to be in a testing pool now for six months. What's up with that? Yeah, so this is actually shocking. 
Eddie, this is actually a shocking revelation. This is not something we've seen before. So we've talked about a few weeks ago that Aaron Bronstetter said that, oh, this is weird that that uh, Connor hasn't been tested and he's in the testing pool, but he just hasn't been tested. So then we found out on Saturday night, and I haven't heard Dana you know, keep talking about this or anything else, but what he said is that Connor will need to be in the testing pool for the next six months, which means that Connor has not been in the testing pool. Now, we had heard that you can't get in the, you can't get out of the testing pool uh, unless you retire. Connor hasn't retired. He never said that he was retiring. You don't just get to say, "Oh, I'm injured. I don't need to be tested or I'd like to, you know, I'd like to forgo my test for the next little while so I can jack up on every single drug out there." I mean, Connor is ginormous, right? So, yeah. uh, this I, we don't know like why did Connor get some special treatment where he was outside of the testing pool? Well, let's be honest. Connor's been getting special treatment since he got into the UFC. So, in the words of uh, of Nate Diaz, I'm not surprised, Jordan. I'm not surprised, Jordan Wahlberger. That's kind of uh, crazy. It it is, and and he is completely jacked up. And you got to wonder when that's actually going to start. Does he know when it's going to start? Yeah, Was when he, he able to, when uh, he says, "Hey, I want to be back on this," but like, yeah. So does he give himself a couple of weeks or a month or whatever to clear a system from whatever uh, air quotes uh, might be allegedly? In we don't know. Might be. Who knows? Um, uh, it's all. Um, let's call Mark Hunt. Let's get Mark Hunt on the case. Yeah, no. he seems to be able to sniff out when people are uh, on the stuff. Yeah, no, I'm sure. So yeah, uh, it definitely smells a little fishy though, Eddie. I don't. I don't like that. It does. It does smell fishy. Fish and chippy. Okay, that was lame. Um, Jordan, let's talk about a youngster. Bo Nickel is off of UFC 282. What's up with that? Yeah, so Bo Nickel uh, was supposed to fight Jamie Pickett on December 12th at UFC 282. Uh, But it sounds like he had to withdraw from the fight because of an injury. And it's not like they're going to just put Jamie Nickel uh, against someone else. They're actually decided that they're going to move the fight. Now, they're now targeting for this fight to take place at UFC 285 on March 4th. So not sure when that will be, or excuse me, where that will be, uh, but it will be interesting to see. So uh, Bo Nickel, who was one of the hottest prospects in uh, UFC, I mean, this was going to be a, a great kind of official debut for him, just going to be pushed back a little bit more. Yeah, I was looking forward to seeing him fight since I usually almost never watched, okay, never watched the Contender Series. So that's disappointing. Yeah. But it's probably better for him and, and worse for his opponents. That's true. Uh, all right, Jordan, last but definitely not least, the new Rose Namajunas documentary, Thug Rose, will debut here this weekend. What's up with that? Hey, uh, so Eddie, uh, I'm going to be speaking with Rose Namajunas this weekend before her debut of Thug Rose, a mixed martial artist. It talks about, you know, not only like her ability to, to fight and how great she is, but also like mental wellness. Uh, she's an avid environmentalist. She's a, I think she's a concert pianist as well. Uh, All these things are covered inside this documentary. Uh, So we're going to speak to her and the director this weekend. Uh, You can actually, if you're in Austin, it's going to be debuting at the Austin Film Festival this weekend. Uh, It'll go then on Fight Pass. And if you actually probably heard the the desk talk about the fight this weekend, uh, I heard John Anik mention that, that, uh, you know, it's it's obviously going to be happening here. So that's kind of cool. But yeah, we'll be speaking with her and that'll be exciting. Yeah, apparently our red carpet invitations got lost in the mail. Well, Eddie, if you want to go, I have an invitation. I'm invited to go watch it uh, this Sunday. You are not invited. I promise you I am. Well, here you go. You 
and a guest are invited to the premiere of Thug Row's Mixed Martial Artist World Premiere. So there you go, Eddie. If you would like to go, you can have my uh, my invitation. I'll, I'll allow that today. Let me hit you with some new fights. December 10th, we may now have Jared Gordon versus Patty the Batty Pimblet. Uh, we've got Bryce Mitchell fighting Ilya Topuria. Bryce Mitchell was supposed to fight uh, a Movsar Evloev. Uh, Evloev got injured, and now they replaced him with Ilya Topuria. I still think it's a great fight. I'm actually excited about that. Uh, Paulo Costa is going to fight Robert Whitaker. That's happening in Perth, Australia. And then Lauren Murphy fighting Jessica Andrade. That's on December, excuse me, January 21st. That's going to be in Brazil. So, Eddie, those are new fights. That's what's up with that, guys. You're listening to Fight Night right here on 104.9 The Horn, hornfm.com, and we will be right back. Until next time. Hey, 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 hey. What's up with that? What's up with that? It's dark and hell is hot. Ain't no sunshine in this song. Eddie, it has been a while since we heard Ain't No Sunshine. And wouldn't you know, Anderson Silva is back. I'm back. Believe me, I'm back. I'm back. Anderson Silva is back. This time, though, fighting Jake Paul in a boxing ring, Eddie. Probably the biggest payday of his career, and I'm happy for him for that. But it disgusts me that this is even a thing. That we have to talk about it today. Did you see the video yes. on Monday of them dancing in front yes. of a green screen? Did, yes. Did you enjoy that? Uh, I always enjoy um, the spider dancing, and if it, if you want to call it a dance-off, he killed him. Silva just killed Jake Paul, who, who might be an okay dancer for TikTok, but he's not a good dancer. Uh, so Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. Uh, Eddie, what are you going to do if Jake Paul wins this fight? Uh, vomit all over myself. Am I going to be able to talk to you next? Are you going to join the show next week to talk about this, if that's the case? Oh, I ain't making it to Rose, if that's the case. Is there a very good chance... That Jake Paul, uh, you know, ruins your weekend? Nah. I'd give it like a 20% chance. What if he knocks out Anderson Silva the way he knocked out Tyron Woodley? That's what I, that's what I say. Give him a 20% chance. But um, no. Well, I hope not. Anderson, Anderson Silva is too good of a striker. You know, Tyron, Tyron Woodley, he had power, but he was not like boxing level uh, striker. Anderson Silva is that rare one that can cross over and be good at it. Well, I certainly hope so. Uh, Jake Paul versus Anderson Silva. I think it's on pay-per-view. I don't know what, I, know, I didn't see what it costs. I think it's what, like $59.99 or $49.99. Um, way too much. Yeah. Whatever it is. It is. It's going to be a lot. So it's an eight-round catch weight. Uh, in the co-main event, though, Eddie, we talked about this a few weeks ago. Uriah Hall about versus Le'Veon. But what if Uriah Hall gets knocked out, gets put down <laughs> like... Al, uh, Peterson, you know, <laughs> it's oh my what if God, AP what the world come to gets man? put down like Uriah Hall or excuse me, Uriah Hall gets put down by like Adrian Peterson. Where we out here, we have YouTubers and we got football players knocking out professional fighters. I mean, you want to talk about MMA losing its credibility if that were to happen. I mean, it's bad enough. What happened with, um, uh, Woodley yeah. and, uh, what's his Ben face? Askren. Yeah. Askren. Um, and Nate Robinson. Well, he, he's a basketball player, and that was a joke in the first place. Yeah. But 
Uriah Hall and Anderson Silva, although retired, should smoke these guys. Yeah, remember these guys? That was uh, Uriah Hall was Anderson Silva's last fight in the UFC. Remember that? Yeah. Synergy right there. That's right. Uh, Chris Avila of the Nate Diaz camp. He's fighting a guy named Dr. Mike. I don't know who Dr. Mike is, but Dr. Mike has a Wikipedia page. I'm kind of impressed with that. What does it say he he does? Uh, He's a doctor. Is he a doctor of what? Uh, Thugonomics, I think. So. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I'm not but sure. I do remember now Nate Diaz saying that he would be at that, uh, at that event. He will be there. Uh, hopefully he gets to slap Jake Paul afterwards uh, to uh, rub salt in the wound. A little stock and slap after he gets knocked out to set up the next one. That'd be fun. So he's a profession. So Dr. Mike is a Russian-born American. He's an internet personality and a family physician. So kind of exciting. Uh, so he's like Dr. Phil. Sure. So, all right. That's embarrassing. Besides like these sideshow fights, there is a absolute banger at the UFC this weekend at the UFC Apex UFC Fight Night 213. Calvin Cater, Eddie, coming off that loss to Josh Emmett right here in Austin, Texas, is fighting Arnold Allen. Arnold Allen is 18, 1, and 0. Allen is coming off a win over Dan Hooker. Before that, he defeated Sadiq Youssef. He defeated Nick Lenz. I'm excited for this fight because this is a big step up for Arnold Allen. And this really shows how good he is because you and I think very highly of Calvin Cater. We've seen him in person. We know what he can do. Uh, I think arguably I thought he won that fight against Josh Emmett. But st- no. nevertheless, I thought that uh, Calvin Cater, and he definitely won that fight against Max Holloway. But Calvin Cater is an incredible fighter. Big step up. I love this matchup. This this is a great main event for an Apex Fight Night card. It is a great main event, but I cannot say that this uh, this card itself is worth um, sitting down and watching all the way through. Well, yes. I mean, And And Alovsky and uh, Marcus Rogerio de Lima is probably the second best fight. I know Max Griffin and Tim Means is on there. I actually, I actually like Dustin Jacoby. The Justin Jacoby fight uh, versus Khalil Roundtree. If you go back, uh, do you remember? It was at UFC on ABC last when he he KO'd Da Eunjung. Um, and then obviously, Killer Roundtree, he always brings it. I think Killer Roundtree also coming off a win uh, over Carl, two wins in a row off, off of uh, Carl Roberson. So uh, don't sleep on the Jacoby uh, versus Roundtree fight. Max Griffin versus Tim Means. Uh, Phil Haas versus Roman Dolice. Uh, and obviously, you know, baby Ben Askren and Chase Hooper out there. Is Jordan telling people to watch the prelims? Oh my Mark God. Mad- Marco Madsen. Marco Madsen versus Grant Dawson. I don't know where that fight's going to be, but that's not a bad fight either. Marco Madsen was a, uh, a Grecan-Roman wrestler. He's Danish, and, and he is legit. He won a, a silver medal in the 2016 Summer Olympics, and, uh, and Grant Dawson, a good rookie. So don't sleep. Who are Josh Fremd and Treshawn Gore? I don't know. Uh, Gore, I do know. Treshawn Gore, I think he's a police officer out of, uh, oh, maybe that's someone else. Uh, but, you know, Treshawn uh, Gore, I do know that name. So... They're listed on the main card, but neither one has a Wikipedia page. So sometimes it seems like they're just throwing stuff together. And it's what, um, who was it? Uh, one other show called, called Just Some Fights. Yes. Uh, Treshawn so Gore was be, on The Ultimate Fighter. That's how I recognize him. Okay. This will definitely be one I go back through and watch on uh, ESPN Plus, where they have the fights all separated out so you don't have to watch all the extra crap. Yeah. Uh, uh, then you got a Bellator fight card in, in Italy. Adam Piccolotti versus Mansoor Barnani, Arbanui. Uh, Eddie, tell Man- us about Man- boxing, Swan? though. Yes. Saturday night, aside from Paul Silva, Katie Taylor is defending her undisputed lightweight championships against Karen Carabajal. 
Taylor's seventh defense since becoming undisputed lightweight champ. She is a 20 to 1 favorite, Jordan. If you got 20 bucks you never want to see again, this is a good one to put on. Carbajal's undefeated, but she's never fought outside Argentina, and now she's got to go all the way to London. Even bigger, at MSG, Vasily Lomachenko makes his return. After uh, he lost his four lightweight belts in 2020 to Teofimo Lopez, but then he won two fights before leaving to go fight for Ukraine against Russia. Now he's coming back to face undefeated Jermaine Ortiz in New York. And with the win, top rank is hoping to put Lomachenko against Devin Haney for the undisputed lightweight title that Lomachenko lost in 2020 that Haney took from Cambosis and then beat him again in the rematch this year. So Lomachenko, Haney could be on the horizon. He gets a good win this weekend. That would be good, Eddie. I'm, I'm excited. It's always good when there is good boxing. And uh, it sounds like we've got, you know, Katie Taylor, obviously, uh, she's going to dominate this person. But yeah. it's still Katie Taylor. I got I to gotta call Brad and put a bet down. There you go. All right, guys. Well, stay tuned. you got sports guys talking wrestling. Stu Myrick, Justin Simmons coming up next. We are proud to be the MMA show of Texas. Make sure you tell your friends, like, and subscribe. Uh, follow us at FightNateATX on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great week, and we will talk to you then. Stay safe, be nice to each other, stay positive, and love your life. And if we ever didn't thank you, let us do it now. Happy trails to you till we meet again.